Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voisin, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Dr. Nisi, for all of my viewers that come from around the world that now exceed 300,000, we always say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to these shows. Um, Every day it amazes me when I go up there and I look at the numbers of you from around the world who are tuning into the show. And today, joining us from Dallas, Texas, is it? Yes, it is. All right, is Dr. Nisi Moore. Good day to you, Nisi, Dr. Nisi. Thank you so much, Greg. It is so awesome to be here with you and to get to speak to those amazing listeners you've gathered from around the world. Well, we appreciate having you. And at the same time, we were just speaking, Nisi was on a plane when I texted her yesterday, coming back from a conference in Mexico that she was speaking at. And uh, Dr. Nisi, as I always do, and if people want to look you up on the web, they can go to drnisi.com and that's N-E-E-C-I-E.com. Definitely go there. You can look her up. You can learn about her coaching business. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I want to let my listeners know a little bit about you. So she has a rich history in leadership in business and makes a difference. She's owned and operated inpatient and outpatient treatment centers, um, mentored startup high-tech companies, researched alternative and complementary nutritional solutions. And I noticed on Amazon, she's got a book on low glycemic index. Is that still you? Is that your book? So you, so you were involved in doing nutrition when everybody was speaking and still is speaking about low glycemic index. Um, Dr. Nisi not only speaks authoritatively on life coaching, but she's also an extraordinary trainer and motivator. Uh, She's got a deep knowledge and experience in the style that inspires her audiences. She earned her PhD in psychology as a marriage and family therapist and has become well-known for her results-oriented coaching for business individuals, couples, and groups. Life Coaching Institute was born Dr. Nisi's desire to assist people in all ages, families, businesses, churches excel at their purpose and mission. I like that one as well. She's been honored in countless awards, the Outstanding Young Woman of America, America's Outstanding Name and Faces, Giving Heart Award. But in her typical fashion, I'll let my listeners know, uh, while she smiles in gratitude of such awards, She is most uh, proud of this award uh, that she received for touching children at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro uh, and with a project that got nutritional supplements to the children in the village uh, called Celebrate Freedom Program. Well, thank you for that because we need more of that. Um, Her mission in life is loving healing from the inside out and evidenced by her uh, dedication to those in need of recovery. Uh, Dr. Nisi Moore is an exceptional individual. Go to her website at drnisimore.com. Well, I was talking with her yesterday via text, and we said, well, so what are some of these topics that you want to talk about? And I I want to start off with this first, because to give some context for the listeners about you, I've told them a little bit about you. But your biggest outreach is this life training, life coaching program that you bring people into to uh, to make a difference. And you say on the on the website that your certified training is going to make a difference not only in those life coaches, but the way those life coaches approach the way that they coach 
So why is it that you got into that? And what is it that makes your coaching program maybe so different from others? Because there's a lot of coaches that listen to this uh, program or and or there are people that are probably seeking to become coaches. Well, great question. Um, actually, I got into this, Greg, believe it or not, from something that happened in the first grade. I was uh, in a jump rope contest on the playground, and this little girls do. <laughs> and I had just aced a jump rope contest, and I ran to the water fountain to gulp down some water. And I heard another teacher say to mine, who is that little girl that did that triple step in the middle of the double jump rope? And my teacher said, she may be good at jump rope. But in the classroom, she is less than ordinary, and she is not educational material. And I didn't quite know what ordinary meant, so I ran home that afternoon hoping that I misunderstood. And I said to my mother, what does ordinary mean? And with no context, bless her heart, she would be heartbroken if she had known this moment in its full impact. She said, it means someone or something that doesn't have much to offer and it's not all that special. So I took that I was ordinary with nothing special to offer, not worth much, and that I wasn't educational material. And I spent the next 15 years of my life through school believing that I was destined for nothing. And I had this moment as a credit manager in a department store at age 19, watching the seconds click off the clock. And I wanted to scream, there's got to be more. There has got to be more. And at that moment, some words came to me that you were created for more. And somehow that took deep root. And I was able to not only believe through a series of years and and five degrees and studying with masters that I was created for more, but then the vision became, everybody I meet is created for more. They just don't know. So it became my life mission to help people know you were created for more. Well, I love that. And I and I want to say that because of your faith and your spirituality, um, what you know about me maybe already is that I went back to school late in life and got a degree in spiritual psychology. Um, and people always said, well, why did you do that? And I said, because I was seeking to find solutions. And I think when that clock was ticking as the credit manager, you were going, there's got to be more. We, we, when we say more, we don't mean more materially. We really mean more from within side. What is it that we can bring out that can help another person, help and serve? And what I've seen you the exemplified is how you're helping and serving people who are seeking for more but they're seeking for more to help others. How is it that I do that? Now you speak about being created for more. I love that. 
Um, and because of your spiritual background and your strong faith and belief, you believe as individuals were created to become more in life. So as long as we have a belief, we have that faith, and we take the action. I always look at the action. You know, it's one thing to pray about it and to contemplate it and to meditate on it. It's another thing to actually take some action. How would you recommend that we start on that journey? Because there's a lot of people listening who right now, Dr. Nisi, I know this for a fact, they're stuck. A lot of us are stuck in different places in life. But regardless of COVID, regardless of what's going on out there, there's so much that's coming at us. How do you help people compartmentalize and become more in the midst of all of this noise that we're trying to get through? You know, my belief is there are two things that get us unstuck. And particularly to your listeners that are stuck, I want you to know, and I bet this is true for you, Greg, as well as me, just because you get to do great things does not mean that you do not experience moments where you end up stuck, whether you're stuck in a moment of anxiety that becomes months and months and months or a moment of depression that becomes a clinical depression or or in an addiction or even just a negative mindset, we all get stuck. But there are two things that I believe keep us unstuck or only stuck for a moment. And that is purpose and gratitude. Knowing our purpose, because we all have one, Discovering that purpose changes everything because purpose presses us forward and you can't stay stuck when you're in forward motion. So number one, I encourage people, find your purpose. And the second is... Dr. Nisi, so I took a program from a very strong Christian man way back when, the on-purpose person. And then I started teaching it. Um, and I, and I, my purpose to this day hasn't changed, but it took me three days to define it uh, and figure it out. And it was, I exist to serve, to inspire passion. Now, biblically, passion is helping people get from a point of misunderstanding to understanding, however you want to look at it. But if you look up the word passion, it's like, how do I bring out and inspire from within this energy that allows people to do it. Now, I think that when you define a purpose statement, I'm adding this to what you're talking about right now. It should be, I always advocate, I exist to serve is the front statement because when you're serving others and that passion is, that's the passion, like doing this show, everything becomes pleasurable because that's your point in life, right? So what ideas do you have about helping people find this passion? What would you tell our listeners today? Three things about finding passion or finding their purpose, I should say. Finding their purpose and purpose and passion just go hand in hand. But in regards to finding purpose, one of the things that I encourage people to do who are brand new to the journey of finding purpose is to choose five people in your life who 
are courageous enough to tell you the truth about what they see in you, but also who are compassionate enough to do it in a way that presents great growth opportunities. And so I say, send an email, send a text to five of those people and ask them this one question. When you see me interact with others, what purpose do you see me serve in that world? Because what other people see flowing out of you is usually a real key to the base of your purpose. And you can take those three to five responses and put them together and say, this person sees me inspiring others. This person sees me as a good listener. This person sees me as an encourager. And you can put those together and find the base of your purpose. It's a great place to start when you don't have a clue. Now, as you know, Greg, and you probably did this in your journey, we build on that from there and get it a little more personal and molded down into what fits us. But you're so right that almost always our purpose has to do with bringing something better to this world, to individuals, to families, to groups. Well, it really goes around your theme of created, we're created for more. You know, um, I've interviewed a lot of very famous people on the show. And one of the guys who I didn't realize had been extremely sick in his 40s with cancer most of his life um, said, and he's written many books, he said that, what is your contribution to the world? And, you know, it stuck with me because it's like we're all going through this life so fast. And then how are we contributing? What is it that we're contributing and not taking? And I look at that as important element of you finding your purpose. Now, one of the things that's always fascinated me, and we we mentioned this in the text, this advancement in the neurosciences, right? Now, Uh, Neuropsychology is one, but actually the neurosciences of how our brain is fired and wired and how it works. And I know you've studied this a lot. I've studied a tremendous amount because it's, it's, while it is been around a long time, it's still emerging. We're still finding out more every day about this brain. But I think more importantly that about the brain is our, how we listen to our intuition and how we're being guided. And the reality is, is how you can tune all this out and get connected to that, that higher source, that source that's guiding you every day. The one that wants you to have a person purpose, the one that wants you to be created for more, but you aren't listening because your ego is so strong. It's telling you you're not enough, not that you're more, but you're not enough. So what is it about, what can we do from this neuropsychological standpoint to prepare the brains for becoming more. What would you tell our listeners about? Well, I think that I would point to what we have learned about a little bitty part of our brain called our reticular activating system. And it's not necessary to remember those words, but this little bitty, it's it's about the size of an almond. This little bitty piece of our brain is our Google search engine. And what we think it searches for. 
So one of the most powerful things that we can do is set our reticular activating system to search for more. And you can do that in a very simple way. For example, every morning I have something that I read out loud to myself and I just happen to have mine printed and written in my daily book. And the whole premise of what I read out loud is setting my brain to look for more in me. Because when I find more in me, I become more. When I become more, I become contagious and others become more. And we do that simply by finding a statement, say it out loud powerfully, and all of a sudden, our brain is looking for that. If we leave our brain to their own, to its own plan, it will find those things that are not enough about us. And we will focus in on that. So we have to set our brains. If you don't mind, I will just read you one of the sentences because I call it my power sentence and what I read out every day to set my brain, my neuropsychology to look for more. So is it is Dr. Nice, is that Nisi, is this your affirmation? Is this your is this your mantra? Is this I, what you get up in the morning and do? So if you look at people's routines, they said that they're set. You know, if you set these routines, very successful people. So Dr. Nisi is a successful person. You have these routines you do, and this is one you do every morning, right? Just like you give gratitude probably before your feet get out of the covers of the bed and you put your feet on the ground, you're grateful for another day that you woke up and you can experience this life and contribute, right? I know that's one thing that I started uh, many, many years ago. But it made a huge difference in my life. It, and the attitude and the way in which I look at the world every day. Yes. Yeah. So read yours. I would like to hear what you can. The whole thing. I call it my power proclamation. And I help people write their power proclamation. Great. What's right for you? Not what's right for me. Mine's right for me. But this is one sentence from my power proclamation. But this sentence is there specifically to set my reticular activating system to look for more in me and look for more in others. And it says, I am determined to be intentional, irresistible, inspirational, invincible, and influential. And that sets my brain to look for those things. And what I look for, I find what I find, I act on. What I act on, I become. And we all can do that. I love the I words, the alliteration of the I words. You know, I did a book called Hacking the Gap, A Journey from Intuition to Innovation Beyond. And, you know, the interesting thing about that was the I words, the alliteration of those I words. And for some reason, you and I have kind of glommed onto that. Um, You know, we were talking about gratitude, and I think we're in a time right now, we just went through Thanksgiving holiday, COVID kept some people from gathering the way they'd like to gather, but there's so much more to be grateful for, Um, and and to be grateful in, in our lives. Why do you believe that people forget 
to be grateful. Um, and what can you recommend for people to become more grateful of in their life? Um, because, you know, I go back to the day and I'm, I'm maybe a little older than you, but maybe I don't know how much older, but I am. I used to listen to Dr. Norman Vincent Peale on tape. And I would ride around in my car with a cassette player playing. And I, to this day, I can remember. And I was so inspired by what he was always saying, you know, that I bought every tape he ever made. I bought everything and I would drive around. And I, by the time I got to my next account and I called on him, they go, my God, all that energy you have, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I would say, I listened to Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, and I probably sold more of his tapes for him to other people because that's what I did. <laughs> I did that as well. What a great man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he was he was phenomenal. But I think gratitude was one of the things that he talked a lot about. And I think gratitude creates resiliency and it resiliency is what we need in life today because we're getting hit with so much but if you can look for the nuggets through all the rest of the stuff i mean i might be we might be talking to people out there today um that are food insecure we might be talking to people today that that have don't know where the next paycheck is coming from they can't pay their rent um we, throughout the course of history of time, this has always been the case. How would you inspire those people that are living at that level to look to be grateful for something? You know, I love to use what we know from neuropsychology for that because people in that situation, and there's many, many out there that are desperate. And it's very difficult to turn our minds to gratitude when we're coming from a place of desperation. Mm-hmm. What I love to say is find something to be grateful for. And research says it only takes 90 seconds to do something powerful in our neurochemistry. Because when we're desperate, our heart waves and brain waves are all a mess and chaotic. And research says that 90 seconds of gratitude brings the heart wave and the brain wave into perfect sync. And at that moment, we become, and I love it that you use the word resilient, we become resourceful, resilient, and restore naturally it's something that happens and it's not that all of a sudden your bills are all paid it's not all of a sudden that you don't know how you're going to pay your rent but when you are resilient resourceful and restored you can rise to the occasion you can think of creative things And all of a sudden, answers that were already in you that you had no clue about blow out of you. All because of 90 seconds of gratitude. It is something that if people get in the practice of just being grateful, it changes the brain chemistry, most definitely. Um, 
uh, the endorphins, I think, are released at very high levels. Um, Your ability to perform and focus becomes better. Um, You know, we speak about meditation a lot on this show because we have both Eastern and Western philosophies that come to the show. But the, the ability to meditate and focus on something of uh, positive, okay? Let's just say it that way. And, you know, there is this neuropsychology around being grateful. And I'd like for you, you talked a little bit about it, but let's go one step deeper. Um, and I'm sure you have the answers to this. What actually happens with inside of our brains And then what do you think beyond our brains is happening when we become grateful? Because when I look at gratitude, I look at grace. I look at um, wonderment. I look at so many things that can happen to us if we have faith and belief in something beyond ourselves. And, you know, because we are we are community it's people around us that will step up and help and reach i always love joseph campbell the hero's journey you know we're all on that hero's journey um and it's just where you are in the cycle of the hero's journey so what would you say about that chemistry that's going on in the brain and beyond the chemistry beyond this physical body that we have that we spend so much time working on and thinking this is all there is because this isn't all there is. Um, There's so much more to the um, spiritual side and the energy that comes within us that gives us that ability to move on beyond the pain, the suffering. I mean, look, your clinics, when you were starting them up, it was people who were drug abuse and physical pain and divorce and, all these things that happen to people, tragedies, loss of everything, um, you know, to a point where I know I was the on a board, Dr. Nisi, uh, for teenage suicide prevention. And I didn't realize until my friend's daughter hung herself in a garage at age 14, how prevalent the pain is amongst such young people. And I speak with this with a bit of, kind of gravel in my voice because it's it's just so hard to believe that so many young people are committing suicide. But now we're seeing it just across the board. Yeah. Um, not because of just COVID, but I think COVID maybe accelerated it. Yeah. What would you tell people that are in that pain about gratitude and the neuroscience that if they could just click a switch and go, I want to change this state of consciousness that I'm in. Well, neurochemically, what happens when we're in a state of angst? I'm just going to use the word angst to cover a multitude of things. But our neurochemistry sets this block of it's me and me only against the world. And therefore, if it's just you and me alone, just me, uh, that's... Talk about desperation. (laughs) Yeah. But in the moment of angst, that's where we are. This is it, baby. This is, it's us. It's our brain. It's us against the world. What ends up happening is no outside influence can come in. 
But what happens to our neurochemistry with gratitude is it takes down those walls and it allows reciprocity from the world, from greater things to come in. And in that state, I believe that's where we connect to the greater good in this world, in God, in whatever it is that that we serve and believe. And all of a sudden, it's not just me. It is the goodness of people, the goodness of the world, the goodness of God. And it becomes possible. All things become possible. But from this place, nothing is possible other than what we can do. And gratitude wipes it away. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was looking, listening to a book on tape. I can't remember the name of it, but um, Audible. And it, it was about stoicism, stoic. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Marcus Aurelius used to speak about, and there are many great philosophers, that what can you control and what can't you control? And I think it's so important to know, you know, there's many things in this life we can't control. We have control over but there's so much more that we don't have control over, you know? So one of the things that we don't have control over right now is COVID, right? But you still have to live your life. So you can't go in a hole. Uh, You still have to keep moving on uh, and you don't need to sit and keep fretting about it, you know? Um, And I think that the media does a disservice and a service. The services, we, they let us know. The disservices, they like to spread the fear. Yeah. And that's one of the things that contracts is fear. <laughs> and excuse me, and contraction is the thing that moves you into that state of just be all about you. How do I do something about this? You don't do anything about it because you can't control it. You live with it. So with that being said, if you were to give our listeners three key things about changing their lives for the better, positive psychology, um, what would you recommend that they do, become, and most importantly, become aware of? I think the first step is awareness. And so many of the people we speak to, including ourselves sometimes, we aren't aware of even what we're doing, but if we were to listen to the mind chatter and the self-talk, it would be negative self-talk, right? Versus positive self-talk, which is what you just started your day with. So what are three things you would leave our listeners with as action items? Number one is write a power proclamation. Uh, you heard just one sentence out of mind, but Write it, not I wish, not I hope, but write it. I am determined to be mine started. It's not I hope this happens. I'm, I'll be lucky if I am determined to be. Do you write it in the first person or yeah. do you write it? You write it in the first person. I write it in the first person because if you don't write it in the first person, the mammalian part of your brain takes it in. But when it thinks you're talking about it, 
which is I, it stands to attention and soaks it in. Otherwise, it hears it and it nods okay. But boy, when it hears I, it's like, woohoo! <laughs> All right. So write a power proclamation about I. Uh, this is my Kairos moment, a critical, powerful moment in time that turns my life, my thoughts, and my action to greater things. That's now, if, and now, if they were to email you, and we gave them your email address, mm-hmm. could they write you for a format for a power proclamation? Absolutely. I have okay. a worksheet, and I'd love to share that with you. Okay, so we can have that where it's downloadable from our website as well. So that's the first thing we're going to leave with you, is she's going to give you this power proclamation. Absolutely. Okay, what's the next thing? The second thing is practice 90 seconds of gratitude first thing in the morning the minute your eyes open and anytime you experience a moment of angst 90 seconds is not very long and you will respond in a better way so what is that self-talk dr nisi they should be saying and for that grateful i am grateful for this new day i'm grateful for my life i'm grateful for my family my dog whatever uh do you have any format for that or just do it. I am grateful that. Okay. So, and, right. and I tell people, don't try to be silly and be grateful for the horrible situation you're in. Nobody's asking that of you. You may have to think back. And in my worst moments, I have to remember those moments in my grandmother's garden as a five-year-old. Yeah. You can st- be grateful for the past. Just be grateful. Got it. And then the third thing that I would offer them is believe you were created for more. And people say, I don't even, I can't even take that in. What does that mean? And I say, it's just this simple. Every single day, take a moment at the beginning of the day and give yourselves 30 seconds to dream about what you would do and become if there was no financial, educational, cultural, no limits, what would that be? And 30 seconds of that will help you tap into believing you were created for more. Well, Dr. Nisi, it's been an honor having you on. You're definitely our inspirational. And I think those three tips, number one, the power proclamation, number two, the 90 seconds of gratitude, and number three, believing that you were created for more is a great prescription for anybody that's stuck. Okay. I know I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, there's a lot of people out there being stuck. Well, one of the things you can do to get unstuck would be to read that power proclamation to do 90 seconds of gratitude and believe you are created for more. And if that doesn't light a fire under your tush, probably nothing will. (laughs) So we appreciate having you on the show. Now you have, we've mentioned uh, your website at the beginning. Uh, It's drnisi.com. And for those who are listening, there's a great blog there. There's lots of blog entries. Um, She's pretty current on her blogs. Um, There's an opportunity if you are looking for a life coaching opportunity to reach out to Dr. Nisi at just drnisi.com. There's a contact form there as well that you can fill out. She's running ongoing programs. 
um, where people in very small groups come because she gives very individualized focused attention on the coaching program. How long does the coaching run? If somebody is to get involved in it and wants to become certified uh, through your certified life coaching program, what, what can they expect? It's a 100-hour program with an internship. It's not one of the little watch three videos because I took everything I learned in my PhD training and broke it down to how we can use it to help people on a daily basis to become more, to believe more, to do more, to be more. And so it's a 100-hour program plus an internship. It can be completed within a six to seven week time frame. It is live, but you can attend it virtually should you uh, not want to come to Dallas. I tell people the only thing you miss out on is I prepare home cooked meals. And people always say the best thing about it is the food. (laughs) (laughs) But you can also attend virtually and they are very long weekends, but they are also life-changing, not just for you, but for all of the people you encounter, whether in your current job or in a new career as a life coach. Well, the good thing about life coaching is you can use it anywhere. If you're a middle manager, upper management, CEO, whatever it is, the skills that you obtain in these programs, and I say these programs because I went to a different program um, with a master's degree in spiritual psychology, but many of the people that graduate from University of Santa Monica, become life coaches. It's a, it's the big place for life coaching. Um, I think what you learn there is you learn to do introspection as well as, as I might say, outrospection, um, because the introspection is what prepares you to be a better person to, as I said, uh, we exist to serve. Um, whether you're in a trio and you're doing coaching or you're listening to two people coach or whatever it may have been, you can only learn this through the hundred hours of experience that Dr. Nisi is talking about. And a hundred hours isn't even a lot when you think about it, but it's enough to make you um, sharp enough to work with other people and then to continue to use those and, and uh, hone your skill, Right. So go to drnisi.com and get more information from Dr. Nisi and her staff. She's got a great staff of people that will help you get information. Thank you. Thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and sharing a little bit of your wisdom, your inspiration, um, your gratitude. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on and a pleasure looking at your lovely smile because you look so happy and so <laughs> vibrant. <laughs> thank you so much, Greg. It is such an honor for me. I know how many, 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 many people you serve. And it's just a true delight to join you in being a part of that. Well, thank you. And blessings to you. And blessings to you too.